And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. The Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror! <laughs> Hello, my thirsty bevy of lymph lappers. Today, the doctor has ordered a colonography. Gene colon, that is. That's right. We are going back to the old Bloodwell for another illustrated epic from Marvel Comics. The Tomb of Dracula, number two. Things get complicated when some batshit idiot decides to steal Dracula's casket. Hilarity ensues. Hello and welcome to the Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror. I'm Chris Honeywell, and we are back with the second, I know it's been probably about a year, the second episode, <laughs> the second, uh, shit, what am I wanting to say? It's issue, issue. The second you. episode regarding the Tomb of Dracula. The second issue of Tomb of Dracula. Dracula! And I am here with the, the usual uh, gang of misfits. Which we'll uh, we'll see how that works later. Um, we've got them Jack and Eddie boys, Luke and Jason Jack and Eddie. Hey, how we doing, everybody? What's up? And we've got the hair metal hero, Chris Tyler. Have you seen my coffin? <laughs> I've seen you coffin. <coughs> yeah. Choking on your uh, vape. No, never choke on that. <laughs> what do you choke on? <laughs> Corn, the long way. <laughs> No, I like Jay. He's choking on the splinters. Yeah. <laughs> choking on the splinters. Yeah, it, you had to bring Beck into it. Hey, get you me like my it? somebody get me my rhyming Beckionary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sugar Jane. Here we go. Here we go. I think Beck is under is overrated. <laughs> I think he's just thank, rated. Yeah, thank, thank you, Internet guy. But uh, yes, we're here to talk about. Uh, uh, Tomb of Dracula number two, and uh, yeah, this is a long time coming, but uh, uh, I'm, I'm excited for it, and I hope uh, everybody out there is excited. Uh, now, I think we may actually qualify as an actual Two True Freaks podcast now that we've covered more than one issue of a comic book. Yeah. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but before we get into that, though, uh, I think there may be someone on this call who has some news that they want to share. Oh, about upcoming projects, or I should say, uh, already here projects. But the, the Valtrex works. Well, by the everybody. time they hear this, yeah, it'll be. Yeah, oh, sorry, yeah. it'll be it's well underway. What, what was your news, hero? The, the Valtrex has been working. Excellent, awesome. Better living through pharmaceuticals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Honeywell, you know all about that, don't you? That's for rashes, right? <laughs> That's what the Lotrimans. <laughs> oh, okay, oh, I get those two confused. Just because Honeywell's a medicine man does not mean that we have to discuss that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> He's he an whole, A to the Z whole... medicine man. I tell you, baby, she could baby. I tell you. He did a whole show about that. But anyway, yeah, Jay, you what's your news? Valtrex, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Who you want? All right. Yeah. I'm on it. You got, yeah, I got herpes simplex nose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is that like Munchausen by proxy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can't get herpes by proxy. <laughs> it requires contact. <laughs> well, that's Don't bring Jodie Foster into this. Yeah. What yeah. about nope, Matthew no. McConaughey? Uh, I never drove a Lincoln because it was cool. Because it's never been cool to drive a Lincoln. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Either Sorry, Matthew McConaughey like or Bill Clinton there, though. It feels more anyway. like this. Hey, how you doing? Yeah. No, that that's Bill Clinton. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I Speaking of Bill know. Clinton, 
Jay, you have some news? <laughs> <laughs> well. Speaking of Chappaqua, I guess. <laughs> We're going local, folks. Sorry. Anyway. All right. So the news is that uh, by now, hopefully everyone has seen and had a chance to uh, download or listen to the first episode or two of Bots, Bugs, and Babes, the B-Movie podcast. Last thing told, all the cheese in between. The movies might be B, but get him it's grade A. Yes, the podcast that I myself finally got enough sack and guts to put out there and, uh, you know, talk about those movies that are, um, you know, they're B. Yeah, they're definitely not A pictures. They're no, they're no Gone with the Wind shit we're talking about there. Um, it's a tad cleaner than this show and uh, a little more on topic, but uh, you can expect to see some uh, guests, maybe people from this show, from other shows, maybe people you never heard before. Um, but we're going to be talking all about B-movies, giant bugs, uh, killer robots, and the babes that we all love. So, which is better, a sack full of guts or a gut full of sacks? Sack. Sacks. Sacks full, yeah. like sacks, like 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 a. Well, you said you, you finally got enough sacks and guts. Sack and guts. To put up. Sack and so guts. I was just thinking, was it a sack full of guts or was your gut full of sacks? <laughs> Would that mean like women's women's pants, like slacks, like? I, I was thinking like S A C S sacks. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm busting. Like yeah. ball sacks. I was saying ball sacks. Really, that, that's that's what <laughs> that joke that you eat balls. <laughs> they don't yeah. have to be human. <laughs> that's true. It could be prairie oysters. Mm-hmm. That's uh, what's that? That's uh, funny, funny farm. Yeah, when he's like, yeah, these farm. are amazing. <laughs> clip them high. Yeah. yeah. That's the sick I get them real high. So. You know, they actually serve those out of Coors Field. They're extremely, extremely popular. Oh, they are. They're big at truck they stops. They smash them up. People are nuts for them. <laughs> yeah. Hi. <laughs> 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 yes, sir. Hey. Only the finest Rocky Mountain oysters are, are gently tenderized, beer battered, <laughs> and rolled in a fine macadamia nut uh, finish. <laughs> oh, gosh. Them. You know, actually, I have heard that in certain locations west of the Mississippi at Biscuit Basket, they also serve those, and they put the balls in the basket out there I, at the Rocky Mountain Oyster. Rocky, it's a, yeah, Rocky it's, Mountain Oyster Basket. I heard their nut wolf there. It's their special. It's their March Madness special. <laughs> <laughs> it's the it's the Wednesday nut loaf special, <laughs> the blue plate spe- the blue ball special. Oh, oh, <laughs> I no. hear that comes with the cream sauce. <laughs> it does. Yes, it does. It comes with the dipping sauce. Yes, it's it's rich. <laughs> it's like a poi. The dipping the consistency. It's poi. It's poi. This is bull semen. I know bull semen. I taste bull semen. That's now, bull semen. <laughs> now you can Thanks get the the if you. <laughs> <laughs> Dennis Leary said that with Cindy Crawford on House of Style way back. Yes, yes. Now we're going back, folks. Are probably you remember so, House of Style. So when you been. when you when you get it with the sauce on top, that's the money shot special. Oh, then, hey! But when you hey, get the dipping that's... sauce, that's the tea bag special. Right. Biscuit Basket is a family friendly family restaurant. organization. It's been family owned and operated for three generations. <laughs> And just because prices are slightly higher in Wisconsin does not hey, mean that you can hey, make fun of that. Hey, you guys, how do you think those three generations got here? Come on. <laughs> Inbreeding. <laughs> That's like, a, what do you call it? You're, you know, you're, you're at like your, your great-grandmother's like, you know, 100th you know, birthday party. And she just looks around the room and smiles. And you say, what's going on? She goes, I fucked someone. And that's why we're all here. <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> Aren't we all? Yeah. yeah. Well, but I wasn't at my great-grandmother. I mean. I don't think my, my Nana ever said, you know, hey, you know, she didn't speak a lot of English, so it was kind of, maybe she said she it, I don't know. <laughs> we don't know, but we, we don't know, we don't want to know, you know, that's... <laughs> but all we know is that you should download Jay's show. It's when, it's Nana awesome. go, when Nana says, Zay, you ever feel like there's a little sailor in you? Because I did. <laughs> oh! Uh, boy. As long as he didn't drop what anchor was that? What was that movie with the dirty Nana? Oh, Beer Fest. With yep. Cloris Leachman as Dirty yep. Nana. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. And also, if you prefer, uh, Wedding Crashers also had the uh, the nasty grandmother in it. <laughs> I've seen. Okay, I, just me. <laughs> I've seen that, but I don't remember her. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to rewatch that. I remember enjoying that movie. That actually. movie's a lot of fun. Yeah. I saw that on a triple feature with Madagascar and the remake of War of the Worlds at a drive-in theater. <laughs> in Holy Texas. shit! <laughs> that is. Wow, that's four quadrant entertainment right there. Bring the kids. <laughs> no, that's the thing. It's okay. We're, the, I, I swear to God, I promised myself we weren't going to tangent, but this one's quick. The Big Mo Drive In, go to thebigmo.com in Mineta, South Carolina, was a vintage drive in theater from the 1950s that was renovated and reopened 
in either the late 90s or early 2000s. They're up to three screens. Every weekend is at least a double feature on every screen. And on holidays, I want to say this was Labor Day, was the end of the season. They had a triple feature, and that was it. They had the kids' movie first, which was Madagascar, then a kind of a, a general audience movie with War of the Worlds, and then the late feature was the hard R comedy with Wedding Crashers. So we, we watched all three movies, my wife and I, we, we weren't married at the time, but in the, in the drive-in with the radio in the back and the big-ass bags of popcorn from Winn-Dixie and all that, and had a, had a, you know, Madagascar was funny, and then War of the Worlds, you know, put me into a coma. And then I said to her, I said, well, look, if the first 10 minutes of this suck, let's just go home, right? And so we start watching Wedding Crashers, and it was a lot of fun, so we ended up staying and enjoying ourselves. But, yeah, if, if there, there's, you know, check your, I want to say check your local listings and see if there's a drive-in theater in your area. We got two of them here within driving distance in South Carolina. They're all, you know, locally owned and operated, small businesses. And uh, if you want that authentic drive-in uh, experience, it's worth checking out if you got one near you. So I'll get off my uh, small business soapbox I, I'm now. just still getting over the fact that in the, in the South, they're willingly call that place the Big Mo. Because around Mo. here, that's going to mean something totally different. <laughs> Monetta, South Carolina. And it was oh, the oh, Big Mo even in the 50s, which predates yeah, whatever mass hole slang you're talking about. Yeah. Masshole. Don't be a mo. <laughs> but uh, anyway, we are, that, we that are notwithstanding. The Look, our that format not, is just out the window. That's all right. The people have come to expect that. It is the quality that you've come to enjoy from us. We don't have a format. But anyway, uh, and, and sticking with our no format format, we're going to break all the rules. We're doing email at the front of the show tonight, Ooh. man. You're crazy. He's cr- It's like just Scott Wright, like award-winning radio host Scott Reifen. He's crazy. Luke Giaconetti breaking all the rules. I'm a cop on the edge, man. Just listen to any Fire and Water podcast. When they're not burying my show, they're putting me over. Jack and Eddie, what are you doing? Turn in your badge. What I'm real good at it, Rog. God damn it, Jack and Eddie. <laughs> what about the rights of those even, kids? even criminals got rights, Jack and Eddie. The city's screaming for my head. <laughs> <laughs> This sounds like uh, something that uh, Signore DiManza is going to be producing at some point. But uh... <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be a buddy cop movie with the two Jack and Eddie boys. Guy called God Damn It Jack and Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me break my foot open your ass. <laughs> One of you is going to be a streetwise cop. The other one's going to be a streetwise criminal. But you have to team up. The last shot has to be like, what are you guys cuffing cuffing somebody and doing that sort of where you flip them around towards the camera and they go, God damn it, Jack and Eddie, freeze frame. Yeah. <laughs> freeze frame. Freeze frame. <laughs> well, we're back on freeze frame after the last uh, Earth Destruction Directive. <laughs> hey, man, any excuse for Jay Giles is fine with me. Me too. Yeah, well, you guys, you got that great show, Jay Giles and Jedi, so. <laughs> you know, man, I thought it was a rough cut Tuesday. <laughs> that slow motion weekend got me down. At what point during the show are you going to, you know, start drumming into a pile of milk? That's the thing. <laughs> That's, um, oh, that is freeze frame, isn't it? Yeah. Or, or it could be Blue Man Group, too. They do the same. Yeah, as I say, Blue Man Group did something similar when we but, saw them down in the village. But, uh, but Blue Man Group also had a point where they had uh, milk and bananas coming out of the uh, milk and um, Twinkies coming out the front. With, it was like banana flavored Twinkies. And people were like, it's actually, it smelled, the whole place smelled like bananas and it was Twinkies because they're eating it and stuff. That's what it was. If you haven't they seen also Blue Man fired Group, folks, off, like, they, I said, they also fired off like, I don't know, like 200 reams of paper with uh, okay. with uh, leaf blowers. Yeah, it was. It was I right that now, was a Blue, crazy show, but. Blue I Man mean, Group, we, I know I've, people might, might might think we're nuts, but Blue Man They're the Group, new Moomin Chance. Well, all I know is that that it was well worth the we, we score. That was Mother's Day weekend. We got those tickets last minute because someone had a, like flaked out. So my dad's uh, my dad called me up and all me. He goes, let's do this. We got them for tickets for me, Luke, my mom, my dad, and then Kelly went with us too. And that was an amazing show. It was also in the village. So you were just experiencing all of that shit on the outside, and uh, <laughs> which including the, the the two Tower Records across the street from each other. One Tower Records was the regular Tower Records, and the other one was the Hispanic Tower Records. But you couldn't tell them apart until you walked inside. And you realized we're in the wrong one. <laughs> so, you just have to open the door and see what's playing. No, yeah. no. They, the problem is you walked in the same Towers music stock music playing. But you walked in, my dad goes, what the hell? Everything's in Spanish. The entire store was in Spanish. I go, I go, go across the street. We seriously walked across a street to the other Tower Records. 
So it was funny as hell. But anyway, let's talk about Tomb of Dracula. Let's, no, we actually, can't. we let's can't. Talk about, oh, no. Let's get to the can't, email. Can't do that yet. Got to get Look, to the email here. We've got email. That's the you. God out. damn it, Jack and Eddie. <laughs> Jack and Eddie! <laughs> What about the rights of that little girl? I just got that on the soundboard. I'm just going to hit it all night. I'm sorry. But uh, <laughs> if you if you would like to email in to Earth, to, uh, I almost said to Earth Destruction Directed, because <laughs> I am, that's where I'm at. I'm the hype man. I'm like Duck King mixed with Zack Ryder all at once, baby. But if you would like too. to email in to the Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror, you can email us at freakvault, all one word, freakvault at gmail.com. And our email this week comes from... Our good friend, Mr. Tim Elliott, a.k.a. Tim from Texas. And Tim's email is entitled, Emails from the Grave. Damn. Grave? Grave. Mm. This, this tomb will be your grave. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> and this sauce will be your gravy. More, of, more gravy of gravy than a than grave. gravy about you. What a terrible pun! Leave comedy to the bears, Ebenezer! So, um... <laughs> Tim writes... Tim writes, Greetings, O learned men of flesh and blood. Now that the show has an email address, I was compelled to write in. It must be Honeywell exercising his 976 evil abilities, or them Jack and Eddie boys using their Patrick-like mental powers. Ooh. I've been a fan of The Vault for many years, and like all good review shows, you cover a variety of horror genres. Your coverage of the Carpenter filmography is a personal favorite. Uh, I feel that Jason is a good fit for the group. And the email disappeared. I don't... What happened? I don't... Okay, I'm sorry. Spam. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, yeah, right there. Sorry, I lost the email. I'm sorry. No. Uh, Tim writes, I feel Jason... Yeah. I feel Jason is a good fit for the group, and his contributions are felt. And Jay, you'll appreciate this. Plus, his painting skills are off the charts. I consider my fandom to be more deeply rooted in the sci-fi genre, but the door swings both ways. Hero, you're familiar with that, and I have a few choice films in my movie collection. I did cut my teeth on the Universal Monsters and the Hammer films that followed. Ever consider picking a film and doing a commentary? Looking forward to the next show. Cheers, Tim Elliott, co-host of Third Degree Burn, Seamless Plug. Uh, we, I, I, I don't know. Have we, have we, I we've would never really love to do a commentary. commentary. The hard thing is, Sinking it up. I've done a three. I did a three-way once with <laughs> yeah, Scott Gardner and Michael Woo! Bailey, and it was a logistical nightmare to get everybody at the same time. Which you can sort of roll with it, but it can get really confusing in action where where there's reactions <laughs> to certain yeah. things happening. So. It, but there's there's possibly ways in the future that we might be able to watch something at the streaming at the same time, mm-hmm. where we're all watching the same stream, so it'll all be synced up. I would love to do that, commentaries. I think part of that also the, the commentaries tend to work better, um, you know, at least from the, what we've seen. Uh, you know, being Misty fans, Luke and I, you know, Misty you know, fans for forever. Um, when you're in the same place with same, watching it all together, it's much easier clearly to do it all there because you're just watching it together and you're all reacting. Um, anything over Skype, you always are dealing with you know delays and whatever else. You can't you know, see then, anybody. I mean, it's fun being in the same room too. You know, sure. And, and and like seeing other people react and and stuff like that. But, you know, I mean, at the, at the same time, it, it, it also depends on the movie we're watching because we could be getting into hardcore analysis, too, while we're doing it. Lo- I love commentaries. They're, they're fun to do, and they're easy to edit because <laughs> there's, no, there's really no editing to it. You can't, like, you can't be like, oh, I better cut that um or er out or that part where I stammered because then it would screw up the whole timing for everybody. So, yeah. Yeah. It's an easy, and easy edit that, you know, and, of, and fun. Yeah. And if you have yeah. a 15 and, minute smoke break in the middle, you just let it roll. <laughs> just let it roll. You find another round of it. Maybe when right. we do the hateful eight, we can uh, we'll have the intermission. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's uh, now I won't get it. I won't say that. But Tim actually does have uh, a bit extra here. He says, "Oh, there's more." Since oh. the, there's more, but wait, there's more. If you order now, you also get the state of Kansas Jello mold absolutely free and the applicator glove. <laughs> I don't know what the state of Kansas is right now, but I don't think it's that good. <laughs> well, it well it depends on what flavor Jello you use. That's true. It? And if you put the little fruit in there and the mar- the marshmallows. Since the internet was invented to allow you to force your opinions on others, I offer a list of films <laughs> I would love to hear covered on the vault. Don't call here a little fruit. 
That's actually that's Bill. He's the little fruit. It's ironic because he's big. That's his Indian yeah, name. Since he got stuck in cyberspace, Mountain. That was yes, the, that was the name the Indian so tribe gave him. The little fruit. The little fruit. They might have to go on a T-shirt. Oh. Yo, that's like, like if you call someone Cheech, it means like little feet, right? You know, whatever yeah. kind of thing. I don't know what the the, na- the translates for you know little little fruit or little nuts, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> well, if it's little feet, he'll be your Dixie chicken. That's for sure. <laughs> Anyway, so what did Tim go on and say? <laughs> In no particular order, Return of the Living Dead. Yes. The Blob, 1988. Yes. Sure. Yes. Creature from the Black oh, yeah. Lagoon. Yeah. The Funhouse, yeah. 1981. We haven't seen that in a while. Curse of the Werewolf, 1961. Yeah. Here, here's here's one. Flesh Eaters from 1964. Tim says, oh I have God. never met anyone who has seen this film besides myself. Well, you haven't met us, Tim. Well, yeah, I've seen it. Certainly. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think, I think a, don't you own that? Of course I own that. <laughs> Look who oh. you're asking. Are, are you oh, fucking kidding? Well, like, don't be me. Well, excuse me. Honey, well, here's one of yours. It's Alive, 1974. Ooh, I have stories yeah. about that one. The Incredible Melting Man. Here's one yes. we talked about before. The Mist. the Mist. The Mist? Oh, uh, please, let's do The Mist so I can just... Yes. I, I, I will turn full... I'll go full gardener. <laughs> and we got The Night Stalker, which was the Kolchak movie from 1972. Oh, the TV movie. That's I'm a great one. Too. Yeah. Both of those are... Both of those Kolchak TV movies, The Night Stalker and The Night Strangler, are both really they good. They used to play those uh, on late night TV and on our local station all the time. I used to sneak yes. sneak those ones all the time. You know, on, uh, let's see, Jay. Here's another one for you, Dog Soldiers. Yes, oh I haven't seen that yet. Oh, it's so oh, dude, good. we got okay. We got to watch Dog Soldiers. Holy fuck, Dog Soldiers is amazing. That's what I've heard. And then uh, let's see, then then the Relic. Oh, yes, great movie. The last one love on the it. list is one I love, and I know Honeywell, you like this one too. The Hills Have Eyes. Yes, Papa and, Jupiter. Uh, Papa Jupiter. We got I was baby. just about to do that. <laughs> <laughs> the original Hills of Eyes. I tell you, you know, you know what's funny is it's the water um, boiling. Yeah, is that the original? <laughs> my one of my favorite musicians in the world, uh, Eugene Chadbourne. I did a documentary on him in college and found out that he was a. Uh, a, a huge Wes Craven fan, and like eventually became friends with him. And uh, he would during his live shows every once in a while, he would just all of a sudden like put a little radio megaphone thing up and be like, Papa Jupiter, Papa. And you do lines from like, uh, I'm your, I'm your boyfriend now. <laughs> In between every song. And when we went to film him, he had one of the prop Freddy Krueger claws oh, from oh, Nightmare yeah. on Elm Street that he's like, you want to put it on? And I'm like, oh, oh yeah. I have to put this on? <laughs> you want to put it on? He already has it on. Like what? The best thing would have been if I put it on, slashed him to death, and then ran out the door with it, but it was, you know, it was of course it's made of fiber. It was a prop. It was made. It was cheap plastic. The the blades were cheap yeah. plastic on it. It was probably seen in the shadows. And Eugene Chadbourne has what had has a brief scene seated in a bar in in Shocker, different Shocker, than what Shocker means nowadays, boys and girls. Two in the pink, one in the stand. And uh, he's in one of the Scream sequels, too. He's the professor who's, like, giving the lecture to the class about horror movies. Mm. That's Eugene Chadbourne. Uh, I almost got... Well, I won't get into that. But uh, Tim has a a P.S. He says, P.S. Then I'll ram my ovipositor down your throat and lay my eggs in your chest, but I'm not an alien. And that, he says, is for... (laughs) Whatever, Stan. Jason. Well, I don't Tim that's put me uh, over. That's the best part of the not, whole email. Tim put me over. Read that part back. He's not just an over. alien, but he's an alien and a frog. Hi ho! It's not. It's not. That's not stun. Come on, guys. You know. You know this. You, you, Nobody else knows that it's Exeter from this island Earth. Yeah, <laughs> this island Earth can be yours if the price is right. Why'd they build so far back on the lot? Are you boys we're building deep, a dress up there? No. No. Are you boys making a mess? No. No. You're building an roster up there? No. no. Top secret government ego project. But Tim, thank you very much for writing in. Uh, as, as he said, he <laughs> is the co-host of Third Degree Burn, which takes a look at all things John Byrne. And uh, it is a great show. I am not as familiar as with John Byrne's career as some of the other folks on the Two True Freaks Network, but I'm having a lot of fun learning. They covered the John Byrne uh, uh, like prestige format OMAC miniseries 
which was an awesome couple of shows. And then Tim was nice enough to actually send me the books, and the books are friggin' awesome. So thank you very much, Tim, and thank you for writing in. Again, if y'all would like to write in to the Vault of Starting Monster Horror Tales of Terror, Freak Vault, all one word, freakvault at gmail.com. And I have a question for Tim Elliott that I'm just going to throw out there is when you were coming, I remember there was a conversation where people were like trying to come up with a burn pun for his show. And I'll bet you somebody came up with feel the burn and I'll bet you he's so glad <laughs> that he didn't choose that title oh, yeah. for the name of his show. For right now. Yeah. <clears throat> burn baby burn. I don't know. It's like a word. Yeah. <laughs> I got that burn and feel it. I'm not going to there's yeah. an ointment for that. Yeah. yeah. It has lidocaine. We're good. Speaking of an ointment for that. Yeah. Speaking of that, an ointment. You know, if you get, if, if some if you're a vampire and somebody throws garlic, you know, cheese pizza on your face, like in the Monster Squad, can you go a topical cream for that? I don't know. I'm not a vampire. I don't listen to that type of music, and I certainly don't hang out at the Kinkos that late at night either. But um, Tomb of Dracula number two was cover dated May of 1972. Its on-sale date was on or about February 29th, 1972. Its information comes from Mike's amazing world of comics at dcindexes.com. The cover price was 20 cents. Our writer is Jerry Conway. Our penciler, Gene Cullen. The inker is everyone's favorite, Vinnie Coletta. The letterer is is John Costanza. And our cover is by John Severin. And our title is The Fear Within. Frank Drake has returned to the ruins of Castle Dracula with a mute manservant named Gort. No, not that Gort. Seeking revenge on his ancestor, Count Dracula, who had turned his lover Jean into a vampire in the previous issue. While conveniently recapping said last issue, Drake finds his friend Clifton Graves, who is stuck in a pit before Dracula fled the castle with Jean. The trio then reveals their plan to steal the vampire lord's coffin. Meanwhile, in the village, Dracula feeds on a young girl and then pays a visit to his old servant, Carl von Harbo, who helps the take care of Dracula's pale skin. For his efforts, Carl then gets killed by Dracula for a past betrayal. <coughs> then he coughs. Then he coughs. Turn to the left, cough, there you go. <coughs> Days later, Drake and Clifton arrive in London with Dracula's coffin in tow. But returning back to his hotel room, Drake encounters the vampiric Jean in his shower. Aw, yeah. The she-vamp tries to seduce Drake and put the bite on him, but drunkard Clifton staggers in, giving Drake a chance to pull out a crucifix and drive Jean away. Dracula, confident that Jean can handle these two nincompoops, stalks a mod chick named Ellie, following her into a tavern. He lays on the old Dracula charm, but they are interrupted by Ellie's thuggish boyfriend, Bart. He doesn't take too kindly to Dracula's actions, but ends up laid out with Dracula's cave. Bart's boyos follow Dracula and Ellie, only to find Dracula putting the bite on her in an alley, then transform into a bat and fly off back to the hotel. There he reveals, to no one in particular, but conveniently for the reader, that as long as he has the soil of his native land, Drake's stealing of his coffin will not have any effect on him. Upstairs, Drake has bound Jean to a, ki- to a chair, and she attempts to convince Clifton that Drake has lost it. Clifton's old jealousy for Jean's love turns against Drake, and he drugs his coffee. As Drake goes down, Clifton unties Jean just as Dracula arrives. As they go to retrieve the coffin, Drake regains his senses and charges at Dracula with the crucifix. Dracula commands Clifton to attack Drake, which gives Dracula a chance to knock the crucifix away and then tackle Drake to the floor. Dracula then throws Drake around like the proverbial ragdoll as Jean descends on Clifton to feed. Drake manages to grab a piece of a smashed table and stab Jean with it, who lets out a shriek of pain. Before Dracula can retaliate, he notices the rising dawn and transforms into a bat and flees. Jean begins to crumble to dust in the sunlight, but she says it is better this way as she doesn't hurt anymore. Drake sinks to the floor in futility as Clifton sobs out his shattered sanity as Drake realizes the real meaning of revenge. So what did you guys think of Tomb of Dracula? It was fun. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a fun seventies monster book. Yeah, it's it's I, classic. Well, the uh, the funny part is when you look at uh, if you remember back the Tomb of Dracula one because I actually had read when we when we did covered one the first time way back in the day back I actually read number two right after kind of so I knew where it was going and stuff and you can kind of see totally that they're different um, and 
excuse me, where the first one was definitely much more influenced by, it seemed like the original Universal kind of monsters, the way Dracula was in the old Dark Castle, yada, yada. This clearly has much more of a, of a hammer feel to it. Uh, you know, even though they recap everything there, just the the way everything plays out within there, even when Dracula goes to the to his old servant and things like that, it very much feels like a like a Hammer Dracula movie, uh, mm-hmm. one of the sequels and, and so on. Yeah. Um, I think some of that has the fact that uh, Conway was allowed to plot this whole issue by himself, and so uh, he kind of definitely went in a different little different direction. The first, remember, there was that interference with who was writing it with them and all that stuff. Um, so I mean, I just it just kind of strikes you. I mean, again, I'm reading it in a reprint form in black and white, so I don't know what the colors look like, but I'm. Uh, the uh, definitely when you're looking at this, I'm getting a feel of the hammer kind of uh, feel much more than the universal. Well, oh yeah, I mean, think about this. This was 1972, yeah. And what was Hammer doing in 1972? Dracula, Dracula AD 1972. Exactly. Yeah. So, so taking <laughs> so taking Dracula and putting him into modern mod uh, early 70s London, of course, yeah. is going to evoke a hammer feel. It's just it's just really amazing that you know we're looking back at this retroactively after almost 45 years and seeing that whereas at the time that was happening contemporaneously you know conway was writing this and hammer was making that movie and they both kind of take place in mod london and it's like wow that's just kind of funny you know uh, frankly this is a lot better than dracula ad 1972 well yeah and uh, i, I that ain't saying much, LP. I th- no, it's not saying much, but it's still true, though. I, I, I th- yeah, I think they were trying. It, like I, when I was a kid, Tomb of Dracula. Like when I would find a copy of Tomb of Dracula, it was rare and it was a rare treat. And so I had like four, or five, or six, you know, just random issues. And I would always get the sense of like, okay, I don't really know what the hell's going on here, but they tried really hard to make each issue a sort of self-contained story. And move along, you know, the cast of characters or keep some sort of continuity between it. But it's almost a loose continuity, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. so I think they knew that, like, you know, some people were following it. Some people were just going to get it here and there. I think that was just sort of generally how comics were then, too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, remember, the back no, I mean, the, that, sorry, yeah, in the yeah. 70s, you had to get your stuff in the newsstand most of the time. Yeah. You know, it wasn't it wasn't like it is now where you can have subscription. But I'm not saying there was subscriptions, but it wasn't as readily available. Yeah. Oh, I mean, you know, so I mean, I, I like I didn't get an allowance to like middle school. So when I was a kid, it, it all came from, you know, trading with other kids and, you know, the, the kid, the kid gray market <laughs> of. Yeah. All, all I know, talking that that entire sequence in the middle, what I, I dubbed it the mod sequence in my notes, where Dracula picks, you know, follows Ellie into the tavern and then puts the the charm on her, and then her boyfriend shows up, and then all that. I mean, it, it really, I mean, that's that's a horror, that, that's a Hammer horror movie scene, isn't it? You know, mm-hmm. the, the with the mod chick and the you know the the burly tough guys and Dracula not really, you mm-hmm. know, is like. Number number of shits given zero. But uh, <laughs> my, my my note here is man, where's Andy Leyland when we need him? Because he could totally read the dialogue of all those yes. uh, Bart and all those thugs, couldn't he? Ear, there's <laughs> lots of ears. Ear, governor. Yeah. Lots yeah. of governors governor. too. Cold blimey, what? <laughs> that that's, that scene remind that 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 little sequence reminded me of the scene from uh um oh. Oh, the Fly remake when uh, Jeff Goldblum is, you know, eating the candy yeah. bars and he breaks the guy's arm. It's a little less violent than that. <laughs> but uh, yeah. at no point did he snap the guy's arm and let him, like, oh, you know, and then go yeah. back and fuck her. So, uh, but, no, uh, no, well, not, not that we saw anyway. No, um, no, well, he didn't have time. She screamed, he bit her, and then he had to get back to the yeah. apartment because he, he rented the room right above him. Yeah, well, I got my you and you're a villain. Well, but I'm saying yeah. is, I, I just had a feeling like, like it was like he took like one of those old school, you know, like the little hand drills, like you know, and drilled a hole through the floor, and you could peek through and see him. Like I'm watching you. you know, <laughs> <laughs> what are you yeah. doing in there? The hole in the bathroom. <laughs> the like, two like, things that we, stuck out. The two things that stuck Herman out to me the most. It's oh, actually, it's Pee Wee Herman Dracula or a Pee Wee Herman vampire. So uh, yeah. I don't want some other crappy neck. <laughs> oh man! Oh, by the time this out is out, the new Pee Wee movie must have dropped by then. Oh no! Yeah, yeah. The, t- the two things that struck out the- stuck out the most to me reading this was. Oh, surprise hot chick in the shower, which mm-hmm. was awesome. Always with Gene Colan is always good with chicks in showers. He loves showers because oh, yeah, they, they have even, lots of mist and 
Yeah, and the big left haymaker that <laughs> Frank Drake drives into into Clifton's face. I'm just like, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> that is some pulp action right there. Oh, well, see, between seen. that, the the that one, and then uh, um, yeah, it's well, what page is it on here? Where Dracula lays out the dude with the cane. Yeah, just wow. backhands him. Chuck is the uh, yeah. is the uh, the sound effect. Oh man, that's lovely. I mean, <laughs> yeah. and uh, it is the yeah, same I mean. So, it was the 70s, you know, but, but I mean, I'm, I, I, you know, I want to say this. Drake comes back, he's been hanging out with a poor man's excuse for Arthur, basically. Yes. Right? With yes. Clifton. And he goes into his hotel room, there's a smoking hot babe in his shower, and he's upset. What is this? <laughs> what, 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 what have we come to? It was the, it's, it's like the, the story 70s. of Goldilocks, he's, you know? Bear comes home, there's a blonde in his bed, he's mad that he's out porridge? What the hell is that? The, uh... This one's too dead. <laughs> I don't know, man. Take a look at uh, at page page fifteen. You know, panel six on page fifteen. She's got that that really psychopathic look, and you know what they say about the crazy chicks. I'm I'm just saying. That's um, true. Yeah. But yeah. there's also there's crazy <laughs> chicks, and then there's the last crazy chick. You know, the yeah. Glenn Close. You know. <laughs> this is true. This is true. I will not be ignored. Yeah. <laughs> what you guys think of, what did you guys think of the cover i i'm a big fan of of that artist um john, john Severin. yes and i think he got like yeah. this time period was with him it's it doesn't match gene colin's art but no. um i i think as time like by the time he hit the 80s is when i is my favorite of his art, but I love his style. I love his very detailed side. It actually reminds me a little bit of our buddy Mark Kambach in some mm-hmm. ways. The way the the details and the and the and the style of his the style of his he has a distinct style to faces. That yeah. that that's how I always know it's him in the way that the faces are shaded and stuff. So I I liked it. It doesn't really match the content inside, but I like that artist. Yeah. I was yeah, I was I cringing because Coletta was inking and going oh no especially I'm I'm reading this out of the essential so like, me too like Jay is so too. the black and white I don't know if it's just because of the format or if Colin's pencils were tight enough that, that Coletta couldn't you know mm-hmm. kind of uh, cover them up too much but it, it 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 the the inking I think really helps because it's a lot of light and shadow you know so it's a lot of harsh kind of lighting and shadow so i think that kind of plays to coletta's strengths in a lot of ways well i think and also, Colin, of course is is really i mean his colon can handle the 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 moldering grimy stuff so well you know i i think colon's style is so distinct that it's hard to blot it out which is something mm-hmm. like a lot of people accuse vinnie coletta of and like i can see i mean to me, whenever I think of Gene Colan, I think of like smoke and mist, you know, and he even though, you know, he draws straight lines, he'll have, you know, rooms and stuff, are, but everything seems to be sort of coming out of the mist and this fluid, organic look to it. And Vince Coletta is just not that. And there's like like with the girlfriend's eyes, her eyes look very like normal, just sort of comic booky eyes, you know, for some reason. But. For the most part, it looks it look you can tell it's Gene Colan art and it's still real pretty. You know, there's a few little oh, yeah. here and there. Yeah. But for the most part, it, I always just prefer Gene Colan um on his own. Right. And uh and I think the next issue coming up, it actually has one of my favorite inkers in it, and I don't think he does any uh any uh, favors? I think it, it looks worse than the Vinnie Coletta. So mm. interesting. The the other thing about the the cover and Jay, y'all appreciate this, is that it looks like the monsters of the movies Mister Hyde kit with the cobblestone street and the and the street light. Yep. Yep. So uh, uh, and who stole my coffin? Sounds like it should be a farce comedy. Yes. <laughs> Dude, where's my coffin? It's the spookiest adventure of the year as <laughs> Count Dracula's on the streets of London to find out who stole my coffin. It started as a wacky fraternity prank. <laughs> and it ended in murder. <laughs> and it ended um, in blood flowing down the River Thames. <laughs> <laughs> the, the one thing I noticed is that uh, if you look at this Dracula, like his physical size, uh, you can, I mean, again, I don't know how 
uh, anyone else technically pictures Dracula. When I think of Dracula, uh, when I was a little kid, when I was real little, it was always thinking of Bela Lugosi. And, and then I saw Hammer movies, and I was like, man, Bela Lugosi Dracula is nothing. I like Christopher Lee. And I always picture Dracula being like that, the tall, regal. This Dracula um, is like, he appears, at least in some of the scenes, that he is jacked. Like, yeah. he is yeah. just like, look, I'm going to tear off the suits in any minute and then open up your, you know, your veins and drink your blood. So, but it's, uh, I wouldn't talk like that. It sounds really lazy. Um, but, uh, you know, it just he comes across as being this, like, huge hulking thing, which is not normally the way you think of Dracula. And I think uh, part of that, though, has to do also, isn't it? We talked about this uh, when we first talked about the first issue, but they were trying to make him his own entity so it's we the idea that we know who dracula is and we know what's going on right but we want to make this dracula unique in his own thing and not just a rehash of lugosi or christopher lee or you know whoever else you know uh, jack talents or well i'm you know playing with time yet but i'm saying is those things they didn't want to make the same thing we had seen so he definitely looks different um it actually reminds me of their uh jess franco's count dracula mm. you guys know what i'm talking about mm-hmm. christopher yeah. lee yep. where he has the mustache and he, he i mean christopher lee's is not a not, not a broad gentleman uh but that same look where he can make it look a little different and he just definitely has more mass to him um which i think is funny because in the scene in the, in the bar scene you know i mean again they're drawing the the boyfriend to be huge and his buddies to be huge but it's not like he's a little you know slight gentleman there at the bar yeah that they're gonna it's pick not, on it's <laughs> not uh it's not john carradine you yes know, <laughs> at the bar here no, I, I, I know you're, you're absolutely right. And I think part of that is we don't we haven't seen it really come into play yet. But as we know, Tomb of Dracula is, in fact, set in the Marvel Universe. And I think it was the unwritten law that everyone was trained in hand to hand combat by Captain America himself in the Marvel Universe. So <laughs> of course. That, may, that may account for Dracula's bigger physique. You know, he's taking some fighting tips at Avengers Mansion. But I don't think we've come to that point yet. So I don't know if it's fair to make that statement. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that, you know, they're, they're doing, I mean, it, from a visual standpoint, you're right. Uh, you know, Colin is doing a really good job of making this Dracula look like a unique individual and not a, a obvious take on Lugosi or Lee or anyone else. There's no, there's no photo referencing going on. He's here. got some of the floridly talking gentleman thing going for him, but he's really kind of, he's also vicious. visceral. Yeah, visceral and vicious and, you know. Now it's time to find a woman and feed ah, and kill you. you know, so, <laughs> which makes more priorities. Well, yeah, which makes more sense because he's Vlad the Impaler. You know, he was. I oh, mean, yeah. he, before he was a vampire, he was uh, impaling. Yeah, and, <laughs> and at this he point, did. he's I mean, in comic book form. So you know, you almost have to step it up a notch. And Gene yeah. Col- Colin draws him so like he's he's turning into bats and forming in the mist. He he can, it's. You know, he could probably be bigger or smaller or, you know, in between. He could probably be half bat demon looking creature if he wanted to really scare somebody. So, you know, Gene Cullen sort of probably has a lot of freedom to, oh, yeah. to make him big or to make him, you know, more slight in others. He's always kind of big in Tomb of Dracula, though. He's always kind of a bruiser. I mean, look on uh, when he when he tackles Drake after after. uh uh, you know, Drake punches Clifton so hard his face blows up, like Hero was mentioning. When <laughs> yeah. when Dracula when Dracula tackles him in that third panel, there, I mean, he looks intense. I mean, he looks like a real monster. Like he's going to tear Drake apart. It's almost a little disappointing that he doesn't, because he, he picks him up and he chucks him through the table, and that looks bad enough on the next page. But I mean, look at it. He, I mean, he's tackling him to the ground. His eyes are all crazy. He's bearing his fangs. <laughs> I mean, he makes Drake look like a like a like a little dude next yeah. to him. So. And Drake is not small. No. He's in that tank top the whole the whole issue, and he's pretty cut. Yeah, guns are out uh, the whole time. So He's like, hello, ladies. Welcome to the gun show. Hey, do you guys... Like, moon's out, do, guns brother? out. That's how we roll. <laughs> do you guys think the um, the old doctor guy is supposed to be Len... Was it Len Wein? He looked... Oh, my God. Right? On page five. He, but how old was Len Wein in 72, though? He wouldn't have been that old. Well, I mean, weren't wasn't like... Uh, cause, Len Wein looks like that now. Cause they, cause, but they based um, what, either Kane or Abel from either House of Horror or the... Or, or what House, was, of, House of Secrets. And House of House of, yeah, House of, well, Kane is from House of Mystery. It, but one of, them was ba- one of them was based on Len Wein, and this guy looks just like that character, you know? <laughs> So I was. I, I wonder. It could be. I'm not. I mean, was. I mean, Ween was working for Marvel at this point, not DC, right? I have no idea. 
Yeah, yeah again, what now? About, yeah, about the time he would have been doing Wolverine as well. Was he right? doing Swamp Thing by this point? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. Unfortunately, I don't know my art history as well as I should. But yeah, that, I, I got to agree that this was uh, this that was what was I thought was fun about this. Besides it just being a, a lot of fun as a standalone issue, it works really good as that second act. You know, because what happens at the end of the second act? You know, the girl that became the vampire in the first act has to die, right? Because you can't kill. Uh, Dracula at the end of the second right. act. You've got to kill the other vampire at the end of the second act so you can get some pathos, which is what you end this issue with. Oh, and they, they pile on the pathos. I, I love the just florid, you know, <laughs> this guy, emo, wringing of hands. It's gr- it works perfectly in this context, you know. There's there's not much, you know, it's, it's, it's taking itself seriously but you know the i mean people's language when they're talking is is very natural and modern but when you get to the text in the in in the you know of the narrative it's oh it's just a laughter echoes in the confines of the sweet grim and hollow an echo of the unliving thing you know it's just <laughs> It's it, it's it's almost humorous and it's uh, to me almost it's it's one of the things that I enjoy about it a lot. <laughs> There's something to be said though. It's do you really want a very stately version of a pulp Dracula in your comics though? Like do, you, do I want I a mean, little bit? I want a little bit of it thrown in there with all the other stuff. That's what that's what I like about it. It's got that. It's it, I mean this this. I mean, I mean, Dracula stories just in general are an excuse for bloodshed and and horror. Yeah, and so, but, but they can't rely on it at this point in in Marvel comics. I mean, right. when, when Genie gets staked, it's a scream and a reaction, but there's no viscera at all. Right, right. So I mean, they they it's still pretty shocking for seventy two to stake a woman in the back in a Marvel comic, yeah. though. I gotta admit. I mean, in a, just, in a I mean, Warren, every day in Transylvania. Yeah. Oh no, I know, but I mean, in a Warren magazine, you expect it, but yeah. in a in a Marvel color book, that that was still that that was all. I mean. Not that she had to get steak, because I knew that was coming, but just the way that it we see it, you know. I mean, she looks like she is really hurting, you yeah. know. And it's 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 like two thirds of the page, you know, the mouth agape, and we don't see it actually penetrating, but you know, it's uh, it just yeah, it looks pretty, it looks pretty rough, you know. Especially like I said for seventy two, I don't have a problem with that. I applaud it. I applaud that they were treating a horror book with the appropriate amount of uh, intensity and that's necessary to tell this type of story it was just a little surprising for me knowing the vintage of this book and what was going on around it at the time in the marvel u well there's always and but and there's always side boob in some tomb of dracula you always get a little side boob and oh gotta love the side boob in fact you know in the not in in not necessarily in this volume but in later volumes of essential tomb of dracula where they collect some of the uh, stuff from the Dracula Lives magazine, mm-hmm. the black and white magazine. Mm-hmm. They actually had to go in and edit some of the side boob because it was a little too much side boob yeah. in Damn some it. of those spots. No, and never enough side boob. Never too much side boob. Never too much side boob. Side boob, top boob, under boob, all. Oh, yeah, under boob. I love the under boob. Under boob. Yes. <laughs> I think they might be able to get away with stabbing her in the back because she's a quote unquote monster in this one. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So so oh, yeah. it's like it's like oh, killing oh, oh. all those droids in the prequels that you can mass murder droids. She, she might be a monster, but hey, I'd hit it. <laughs> she's a monster. But you know, just because she she's a vampire not to human, so. you beat she's Italian. Beat me to it. I was like, she's yeah. nose for Yeah, I mean you can safely tell a kid, you know, okay, it's okay to stake a vampire, right? In case you actually run into a vampire, that kid should stake that vampire. Yeah. The odds so of the them running time... into a vampire about zero, so you don't really have to can you, worry But can you it. also go on to then tell them that you really should decapitate the head as well? Well, I, okay, always, tell, I always tell them that a vampire is anybody with red hair, and just leave it at that. <laughs> they have no souls. Gingers have no souls. Yeah. Gingers have no Sorry, souls. Sorry, you have to. So all, all of a sudden, the, the, you know, what do you call it? The kid sees that, and he's like, well, and he walks in one time, and he sees not mommy uh, uh, getting on top of daddy. He goes, Vampire! You know, he got it. Yeah. He stabbed the poor hooker in the back. Yeah. Uh, or whatever I, she might be. Hey, you live that lifestyle. It's a possibility that can happen. Maybe, maybe she's not a hooker. Okay, fine. Wait, wait, wait. Maybe she's just someone looking for her love in all the wrong places. That's what I'm going for. So. Don't find love, just empty, just ugly faces. But that's. 
That's a, that's Young MC. That's Young MC. You want it? You got it. I I just for safe measure tell them you got to stake them, depacketate them, and then uh, bury them <laughs> under under running them, water. That's when you throw their luggage out the window, right? When you depacketate. <laughs> I nearly depacketated the guy. English you know motherfucker. What's funny? <laughs> Sorry. Don't you mean? You know what's funny? Talk about throwing your luggage out the window. I have to travel to Alabama for business, and Why? down where I have to go to Alabama, they have, and I swear I am not making this up, a a unclaimed luggage warehouse what? where you can go and buy the crap ah! from the unclaimed luggage. That is a Maury Clawhammer ad right there. <laughs> Maury Clawhammer's unclaimed luggage warehouse. Check out Come this on one. Now. It's orange and it's from the bottom of the Potomac. What's inside? <laughs> You'll have to buy it to find out. Could be ladies oh, underwear. God. Could be Whatever now. This That's one's ridiculous. still wiggling. I don't know what's in it. <laughs> Maybe. A... <laughs> oh, God. But you know, but uh, but yeah, I, I I thought this was this was a hoot. I'm really excited to see where we go from here with yeah, Tomb Dracula. I, I have to imagine it gets even wilder, especially with you know Blade and some other stuff around the corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean the thing is, this was uh, this Conway quit after this issue. Uh, yeah, it, he, this is the last one he did. I'm pretty sure it's the last one. And then it turned over Conway, uh, and then uh, was replaced with Archie Goodwin. With so, uh, yeah, so things are going to change definitely because it's not the same person writing it. So, although I, I admit I'm not as up on who Archie Goodwin and uh, well, Goodwin, Goodwin wrote, he wrote Iron Man for a long time. He was an editor for a while. Um, he, he's a, he's definitely a name you come across very frequently when you talk about Bronze Age Marvel. He was a mainstay at the Marvel offices for a long time. Wasn't he editor-in-chief um, or something for yeah, a while? Yeah, he was, he was editor-in-chief for a while as well, yes. Um, after, um, after Roy Thomas stepped down, he was the editor-in-chief, I want to say, when Thomas went back to just being a writer for a spell there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I, having, having, you know, uh, Conway leave sucks, but having Archie Goodwin come in is, is, is okay for me again. Big Iron Man connection there, so I'm, I'm happy about that. Yeah, Mark, Wolf, but, you know, Mark I mean, Wolfman's I, I, in there in, after a while. Oh, and you want to know what's funny is that Marv Wolfman actually wrote several issues of Werewolf by Night. Yep. I mean, he'd have to, right? I it's mean, yeah. I mean, kismet. it's in the name. Yeah. <laughs> Marv Wolfman. Uh, I mean, <laughs> the, what an you know, awesome name to have for oh, for yeah. one, Marv. Even though <laughs> even Marv Albert couldn't ruin that name. Yes. Great, but then let's yes, see that again. <laughs> Uh, That's a little the, uh, celebrity death match. Does it, does it, Chris, how do you remember that? <laughs> oh, I remember it. Doesn't Marv Albert just seems like the Marv Albert scandal just seems so quaint and and like <laughs> a transvestite G-rated compared to God these days? You know, whatever floats your boat. I mean, if it would have just happened ten or fifteen years later, we would have had a tape. Yeah, <laughs> looking at you, Hulk Hogan. <laughs> I'm not looking at that tape no matter what. <laughs> well, you're not missing much. Ah, thank you. Oh. I wondered. Hey, hey, hey. In his court deposition, he had to be very clear. He's like, I play a character of Hulk Hogan, and that character is very different than the, the man you see before you today. That man is differently endowed than I am. <laughs> Wish I was joking. Hulk oh, had to God. say it on the stand because he tried this to paint off like, yeah. you know, uh, you know, because they're like, they're like, well, I had da, 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 and whatever the question was, and he was like, you know, you have to understand that Hulk Hogan's different. We break off topic again. If I was but, the other attorney, I would have just said, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, this man trusted a man named Bubba the the Love Sponge. <laughs> I, I, I rest my case. Um, it's it's really it's times like this that I'm that it really makes me upset that the Ultimate Warrior is dead, because you know that at some point they would have called him as a witness. And you, Hulk Hogan, walk with a different aura around you. <laughs> <laughs> and I have been to the precipice of the mountain top. Yeah, but you know what? They, like, um, they definitely should have called Shiki Baby. Can you answer the question, please, sir? <laughs> they, they had to call Shiki Baby, but like, hey, uh, it is a medicine man, a Shiki Baby here. You know? <laughs> like, what the fuck did he just say? Is that even English? No, 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 I'll tell you, I fucking hate you! you know? I break his back and make him humble, oh, yes, but the, 
All right, now okay, now let's let's get back on topic here. This this is this is a far back field even for us. Yeah. The, the, right, so it, knowing knowing any... that knowing that uh, Conway's gone, uh, I, it is not dampering my enthusiasm. It, the tone has definitely been set. I think for you know in terms of what they want to do, and it is that very it, very hammer. It's very Hamahara, yep. and I, yeah. I cannot be nothing but thrilled about that. Well, I think though too, bringing in um, now that I knowing who Alguin is. I mean, again, knowing uh, kind of where the direction of the book eventually goes to, we know that Tomb of Dracula didn't just end at like you know issue number three. We know it ran for many, many issues and had other uh, incarnations. Um, clearly, they got to start introducing people. You got to start. You, you can't just be Drake. You, know, you already killed the girl. You know this that the other person's dead. You know. Like, you got to keep going somewhere, so they're gonna have to start introducing characters that eventually became, you know, mainstays of the comic soon, you know, uh, because yeah. uh, eventually the 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 writing duties just kept changing hands, you know, every couple issues because guys were really busy doing stuff, and you know, it's not, and it, they were getting them out, you know, it, when comic books came out on time back then, yeah, uh, you know, so I mean, like, they were the issues done, and they had to get it done, and that's why um, Frank Rosetta actually talked about this in his documentary, uh, you know, how they would, they all had friends who worked in comic books and they would be like, look, we need to get this issue done. And they would just come in and they, and like, a, like 10 guys, and they'd all just bang out an issue and they'd all oh, try yeah, to that, draw. That's, well, that, that's when you'll see sometimes, and, and I know Scott Gardner mentions this um, whenever he, it comes up on, on Back to the Bins, he says this, that you see an issue where it's inked by M hands. Many and that hands. means many hands. That means many hands touched it to try and get this book out on time, you know? The dreaded deadline doom, as Stan Lee used to refer to it. Whereas nowadays they would be like, "Well, I guess we just don't make you know street on this one." Yeah, well, so. what it, yeah, what it is is like, well, oh, you want your book? Well, our our auteur superstar writer decided not to write anything this month. Tough shit, you yeah. know. Yeah. But you know that's okay because when when because then the the marks will complain about that, but then. When the book does come out and it's like, well, it's a fill-in, that sucks, you know? So it's like, well, which would you prefer, you know? Yeah. But you can't, if the internet has proven us anything, it's that the vast, vast majority of people with computers are idiots and they all have opinions. So, I'm one luckily, of those idiots. <laughs> I said, luckily we have four such idiots here tonight. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't have any opinions. I don't think any of my opinions are that divisive. Yeah. I, I Most just of my divisive of opinions deal with, like, you know, Chinese restaurants and, uh, you yeah. know. Yeah. Food. We'll see it. The mist, like, hero. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> like, damn it, we are not going to Hop Sings. I cannot stand them. It's like, oh, you're just a hater, man. But yeah. <laughs> Anyway, there's no Chinese food in this issue of Tomb of Dracula. Uh, which in but the seventies, at some point, London, does Dracula bite somebody who is Chinese? Though, mm. is that what classifies Chinese food? Chinese food. Well, you know, but that's the thing. Would it be American Chinese food or, or Chinese Chinese food? Because as my matter. as my one time boss, who used to travel <laughs> to China to work in the uh, to do the inspections on one of the Chinese tire factories for our company, not the company I work for now, but the company I worked for at the time, he would come back and without fail would say every time, you know what I don't like about China? No good Chinese food there. Yeah, it was Chinese food was designed in American in America. By Chinese immigrants. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I'm not even sure if it was Chinese immigrants that designed all the <laughs> of yeah, everything. Watch no, but on a Netflix. Lot of, a lot of it on Netflix, from, go yeah. on there. There is a documentary called The Search for General Cho. It is fascinating. Watch it. Yeah. Well act and actually what's funny, I was just watching uh um, oh, um, Chef Yan was talking about this on Top Chef. You know, the guy did Yan Can Cook. Oh, yeah. One, two, three, four, five, all there. Yeah. But he would, uh, you know, but he, he was talking about that, the origins of uh, Chinese American food out in California. But again, no Chinese food in this issue of Tomb of Dracula. So anyone have any final thoughts on this issue? I read this issue and I loved it. And then a half hour later, I wanted to read another issue. Yeah, I need to. Uh, I had to make a Chinese myself. food joke. <laughs> <laughs> no, no Chinese food joke for me. <laughs> but I usually judge them by their general gal. The restaurants, Ugh. the the comics themselves. I cannot wait to see where it goes. Yeah, I'm I'm digging the hell out of this. It's it's, you know, it's it's like getting I, I don't know because I've I've read Tomb of Dracula before, but never from the beginning and never all in in you know in in on purpose. You know, just I've kind of read an issue here or there. So just getting in kind of at the ground floor of what seems like a really kind of intriguing horror adventure, it's got me really jazzed. Uh, anyone who listened to the Vampire Month, or excuse me, the Vampire Week episode of Halloween Month on Back to the Bins knows that, you know, the, the Marvel Vampires is something that I really enjoy and like. So I'm eager to see where this goes from here, definitely. Yeah. It's, uh, I'll be honest, folks, is that this is definitely, 
Um, I mean, I don't read a lot of comics, and I definitely didn't read a lot of old comics. And I'm reading this now for the first time. This is a lot of the first time. I mean, I knew who Dracula was in the Marvel Universe, but never had a lot of exposure to him. Um, and it's interesting to see, you know, how they're building this. Uh, I think my, my problem, as always, with any of these, uh, with any issues, uh, issues, like issue by issue kind of thing is, um, you know, is I always like having the story kind of be continuous. And when we end the issue, and I'm like, I got to start reading the next one because I want to see where things go. Um <laughs> Well, it's true. I don't. I, that, that's why I don't. I don't really love. I like when things are finished. That's why I don't like TV shows. I like when they're all done. I can watch them all at one time. Dude, we're plowing through Fuller House for that reason right now. Um, so oh. uh, you know, I like. I know like, some I, dudes that would like to plow through most of the cast of Fuller House. Oh, fucking John Stamos. Oh. <laughs> Dude, all, all I know, I know Jody, when I hear Fuller House, I think Fuller Brush. <laughs> anyway, uh, what I'm saying is, though, is like you start reading something. Yeah, this is looking back at stuff that's, you know, 40 years old. Um, you know, I mean, again, we, we know where things eventually go and stuff like that. But it's nice to look back at sometimes and look and read through comics like this. I think of it like when I because um, I. Uh, those of you who know the comics I used to read, um, it was a lot of EC, you know, reprints of Vault of, of yeah. Vault of Horror and Haunt of Fear and Tales from the Crypt. And uh, while these are certainly not that style of, uh, uh, you know, what you're getting out of it, um, it's definitely Marvel's take on that. It's cool. It's, it's definitely interesting. And uh, it's not superhero-y, which, you know, I'm not always a big fan of. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's going to be interesting. We, again, we know eventually what's going to happen. Blade will be there and things like that. But that's not happening next issue. Uh, you know, you still got to start building it from where we were. And I think going from the castles and that old universal feel, you know, gothic horror feel to the new, uh, you know, modern age. We're in the 70s and Dracula's a hip happening cat, you know, going to bars, picking up chicks, doing his thing, you know. Um, it's going to be good because we'll see where it goes from here, obviously, with the change in uh, writer. But kind of excited to see, you know, uh, what, what, what's going to happen and who's coming forward. So, you should see us next year. <laughs> no, this is going to be a staple. Yeah. Well, well uh, yeah, I mean, we, we got to, I mean, eventually we're going to have to, you know, tell them, I'm not, I'm not saying we got to tell them this ep- this uh, episode, but we will have some new features coming yes. on the Vault of Starting Monster Horror Tales of Terror very soon. So I think this will be, as Hero says, part of the regular rotation. Yes. So you can definitely look forward to more Tomb of Dracula. Here so on consider Tuesday. us an index show now. Ah. <laughs> It'll Tomb only take us not... until we're all retired to finish. We 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 become an in, well we've become a, we were an index show with John Carpenter. Well, we're a comic book index show now. Yeah. <laughs> you really said Tomb? It's not Tom of Dracula. But that's Ronald. different. <laughs> you know that new Tom Ryder game? Tom Ryder. Oh, yeah. Tom Ryder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I wish I wish we were making this up. This actually happened. So. Um, yeah, that's None cool. of us are surprised. Yeah. No. We'll talk about it off air. <laughs> oh, the things we talk about off air. <laughs> yeah. That sometimes leak onto the air. Or leak. Yeah, things leak all over. Yeah, place. leaking. See, leaking is the problem. Exactly. That's the... <laughs> this That's is your problem. I'm wearing this is depends. no answer. All right. Why you're wearing the If you shop at Amazon.com, please consider using the link at 2TrueFreaks.com to shop there. If you use this link to go to Amazon and then you shop, 2TrueFreaks gets a little cut of what you buy and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So you get to shop as usual and help out the 2TrueFreaks at the same time. Visit our website at 2TrueFreaks.com. 2TrueFreaks is always spelled T-W-O. T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S You can email 2TrueFreaks directly at 2TrueFreaks at gmail.com 2TrueFreaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. 
Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True True Freaks. Future Freaks has been brought to you today by Demanzo Corps of Milan, Italy, and by the letters F and U.